0: Welcome back to our study of peace that God gives the fruit of the Spirit, what God gives when he's in control, and how we get to that point where we let him be in control is instead of worrying, we pray and give thanks. We bring our our needs to God, whatever they are. And God says there are certain things he will do if we will do that. If we will bring our needs to him and, and pray and thank him, then he will act in a certain way on our behalf. First, He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will be ours. That's the first thing he will do. He will give us an amazing peace. And it's hard to understand exactly what peace is. You can't explain it. You can't really describe it very well. You can't really understand it. But you sure know when you have it. That's why he says it's the peace that passes understanding. It's the peace that can't actually be defined because it's divine in origin. It transcends human intellect and analysis. It's a gift from God. And I know in my experience, in some deep sorrows that I've had in my life, at the death of a loved one, very precious to me, God's peace was there. God's peace was within. Turmoil was without. Sorrow was there, but peace was also there. You see, God promises... Literally, what he says here to build a garrison of peace around your heart and mind. He says he will guard, and the word guard means build a garrison. It's like building a, a mammoth structure that keeps everything else out around you, and like a, like soldiers and weapons and everything else. That's what God does when we trust Him. He builds that kind of a peace around. He puts a fort around us, a. a a sensational power around us, like an invisible grid that nobody can see that keeps everything out. And that's what's important. So realize that the first thing he does, if we really, really, really quit being anxious by making a choice and make a choice to pray and make a choice to be thankful, he gives us peace. But he also gives us his presence. Verse 9 of that chapter says, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. If you do these things that I've been saying, Paul says, and let God work in you, the God of peace will be with you. Now, certainly, God's always with us if we're his child, but what Paul means is you will know he's with you. You will recognize he is with you. And earlier he has said the Lord is near, the Lord is as close as, as your own right hand. He's right there. He's not far away. He's there to make a difference in your life. He's there to meet your needs. Whatever threats come your way, whatever hurts you're experiencing, whatever sins you've been guilty of, bring all of it to him, trust him, pray, and thank him for the result. And you'll begin to have an amazing, wonderful, dynamic, life-changing kind of peace. With that in mind, let's move to a totally different area that has to do with peace. And that is, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Those who make peace, blessed are them in a special way. And, and in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, here's where he puts it. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. This verse may be one of the most misunderstood, misquoted, misused of all the, the, the beautiful attitudes which Jesus expressed in the Sermon on the Mount, and maybe one of the most misunderstood in all of scripture. Peacemaking is primarily used, and this verse is primarily used, by those who are anti-war and who are totally against any types of nuclear weapons or, or any types of of such as that and certainly we're all anti-war in the sense we don't want war but sometimes to defend ourselves we have to fight and it usually has nothing to do with the Christian faith and it's usually totally used by secularists and pacifists and they love to quote blessed are the peac- peacemakers for they shall be called the children our sons of God and so this is something we need to recognize there's more to it it's not, It's it's a radical truth no question but it's totally different from what most people think it is. Let's, let's examine first the word peacemaker. This word is the key to understanding. Jesus said, approved or blessed are the peacemakers. It's a beautiful word. The first half of the word, of course, is peace, and we understand that to mean much the same thing as the Hebrew word shalom, which is the greeting word for the Jews. Instead of hello, they say shalom. It has the idea of wholeness and overall well-being, You see, when a Jew says shalom to you, he's wishing you more than the absence of trouble or conflict. He is wishing you to have a life that's complete and whole. It encompasses more than absence of strife, fullness, wholeness. So the other half of the word makers demands that we understand that the person is not passive, but he's one who seeks peace. As it is used here as a dynamic word bursting with energy, not like we would think. Both parts of the word peace and maker, taken together, describe one who actively pursues peace in its fullness. He pursues more than the absence of conflict. He pursues wholeness and well-being. I believe Jesus is saying that the really blessed and approved person is the one who creates harmony, who reconciles people who are estranged in whose healing presence, tension, and discord give way to harmony and peace. I don't think he was saying blessed are the peace lovers, the placid, the pacifist, those who peacefully coexist with evil. There's no such thing as that in what Jesus is saying. Also, this is peace is not procured by the invasion of, uh, evasion of issues, peace at any price. The peacemaker is prepared to pay the cost Of reconciliation. He's prepared to pay the heavy price that comes oftentimes by being able to help people get right with each other and get right with God, but he will not compromise on principles. See, one of the tragedies in the church today is the existence of peace at the expense of truth. We can never build peace by accepting evil. We can never build peace by condoning error. There are many around us who would just give anything away to have peace, but that's not real peace. You see, that doesn't bring wholeness. That doesn't bring fullness. And but this says this does not say blessed are the keep peacekeepers. Now, peacekeeping is a whole different thing. But there's a world of difference between passively keeping peace and actively making peace. And God wants us to be active in what we do to make peace. So tomorrow we're going to examine the example of of peacemaking and how you can really do it. So I hope you'll be with me today. Seek to help others have wholeness and peace by telling them about Christ and by praying with them and by helping people get along together. God bless you. Have a great day.